Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Enter the NFL trend zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Jason Bowen, Wes Johnson, and Cody Spears. Tonight, we welcome the fantasy football savant, Steffi Small. She's going to join us, and we're going to pick her brain for about 40 to 45 minutes if she can tolerate us that long. On all things NFL, all things fantasy, it's just us, Steph, and you for the next 45, 50 minutes, and you're going to hear it all. Right now, first, however, we're going to talk about Bet Online. That's our sponsor. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your favorite sports information. Live in-game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use this promo code BLEAV50, B-L-E-A-V-50, B-L-E-A-V-50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Steph, welcome to NFL Trend Zone. How are you this Wednesday evening? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Oh, we are marvelous. We're here to talk some of your forte, fantasy football stuff, probably some regular season playoff, maybe predictions from you. But first, please describe yourself. Uh, Where do you work? What do you do? Tell us about yourself. Sure. I work for a app called Champions Around. All my content's over there. I'm also the director of social. We have fun, you know, if you're into betting, little micro betting type games. And then I just started a gig with Vegas Insider. I'm co-host with Joe Osborne over there on Tuesdays and do a fantasy football segment for them. I've transitioned to now just doing segments of fantasy football. I used to just do fantasy football. Uh, so this will be nice. So we talk about it a little bit tonight, but I don't talk about it as much anymore. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to also at some point, hopefully before the season starts, have you on my YouTube show, talk about the Vikings, but I want a little teaser. Why is it throughout this off season, you've told me and I guess the Twitter world that you're somewhat optimistic about the Vikings. Yeah, somewhat optimistic has turned into me digging my own (laughs) grave, I think, (laughs) because now it's turned into me just full on planting my flag. I have all in on the Vikings really felt like Zimmer was holding them back. They have, like I like to say, have always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. I think this is a season that they can be the bride. They have everything. Their defense could hold them back. But as much as people want to complain about Kirk Cousins, he's actually a great quarterback on paper. He just can't get it done. So uh, if they can find a way to really bring out his strengths, I'm all in on on these Minnesota Vikings. We have a really crappy NFC, Mm -hmm. also a really crappy division with finally a weekend Packers team outside of their defense. And, you know, the Vikings, all they got to, they don't have to do much is the thing. You know, you're not looking at doing a lot here. And uh, I don't know if you saw that one, that one stat. It's my favorite. You eliminate the last like four minutes of every game and they would have been 15 and two. I mean, 
<laughs> that's how that's what it comes down to. This team has everything. They just got to get it done. Yeah. So the, the cool part is, is you can say that stat and put it out there. But if I do it, because I'm the Vikings community, they're like, oh, what a homer. Oh, he wants to re- <laughs> rewrite just, history. It's just dust in the eternal yep, optimist. Yep. Again. And, and even I acknowledge that you don't have a magic eraser to do that. But it just illuminates how shitty they were at the end of second quarter and fourth quarter. All right. And then I got to ask you in your background there, you have Randy Moss, a little statue. Is that always there? Or did you do that for this show? It is always there. Yes. Oh, okay. so so I, I finally now been, uh, the Vikings Twitter was like, where's all the purple? And I'm like, I will go grab something purple for you guys. <laughs> okay. So it was coerced by, yeah, I'm not a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. did want something back there. I had it. I have a JG, JJ poster that needs to go up eventually, but now I, I should probably simmer down with my Vikings long because I'm going to get dragged really bad. Yep. You guys screw up again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's not, there's no, not even an if and or but about it yeah. and you're gonna wonder like ah oh, why did i why did i pick them uh, we shall see. <laughs> i like Bane, obviously and, that, yeah. and that's obviously an eli manning autographed ball behind you there correct it is nice yeah. Yeah. really yeah. like misery over here yeah <laughs> <laughs> welcome to got, the club you got championships though so you got yes, get it better than that some that of us do mm-hmm. all right wes why don't you kick us off like i said we have a slate of fantasy questions and the like so wes you have the floor excellent stephanie welcome Happy belated birthday as well. No problem. Uh, First question I have for you. I believe that you recently attended the Fantasy Football Expo or you have in the past. Um, Why should we be first timers next year and how was it this year? It is. It's very fun. It's it's a lot of socializing, so you have to be prepared for that. A lot of socializing. I feel oh, like I have to precursor that. Like it is a lot of socializing. Cody might be a little rough, but Wes is fine. <laughs> oh, come on, yeah, I'd be, the I'd be good. Like, the buddy. I didn't go to the expo on Sunday because I needed like a minute to myself. Um, but it's awesome. I mean, to be able to meet people off Twitter that you interact with all the time, and to actually have a real life connection outside of just this virtual going back and forth is really nice and you meet people that you wouldn't have the opportunity to it's very great networking uh it's a big party i mean you go there have drinks and just talk to everyone about what we love to talk about which is football so uh very very fun it was my second year going this year was better than the last year and you know they plan bob lung does a very very good job out there organizing everything it's fun you know it's where just a lot of socializing. Where is That's it? All. I'm not gonna lie. I like I don't sugar. I won't sugarcoat anything. It's a lot of socializing. Where is where is this event at? Canton, Ohio. Oh so. yeah. Well, that makes sense. Well, Jason, you could handle the crowd, man. So if you wanna if you wanna <laughs> learn from some of the greats, maybe you need to go to Canton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I well, I, if I go out there, it's gonna be to to Bill Wilson's house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah well well you got the social butterfly part down if you want to also stop by the, the no, well, that'd be awesome i mean yeah, I, I, i'm only two years into this fantasy stuff and i got a combined record of four and 40 or something like that i mean collectively <laughs> respectfully so, so does the rest of fantasy twitter they just won't tell you that oh man i'm awful no, <laughs> no i can vouch that wes doesn't wes does not have upside down records and if he does he hides them gracefully bad all I right, won coach. the first game last year, and I thought, man, this is going to be a good season. Oh, yeah. uh, didn't didn't win again. But. It's all good. Uh, Cody, you're up. What do you got for Stephanie? Sweet. Uh, so, uh, Stephanie, uh, obviously you're a big New York Giants fan, and everybody's all about Kadarius Tony, or maybe even Kenny Galladay with that big contract over there. Um, 
I was wondering, do you think that the wide receiver one is actually Wandale Robinson picked in the second round this year? He's getting a lot of starting slot um, reps in practice. And as far as I'm concerned, everybody kind of has a pretty horrible injury history in that wide receiver corpse over there in New York. It's very interesting. Um, So when Wandell got drafted, everyone was very panicked, but failed to realize that Sterling Shepard was hurt. He's also, you know, getting older. It was not complicated. It wasn't rocket science. He's going to come in and just fill Sterling Shepard's shoes in the slot. I think they're very purposely not showing a lot of footage. They're not using him a lot because I think he is going to be a big contributor. They didn't draft him for no reason. I think it was very intentional. The problem with this wide receiver core is they can't stay healthy. So I think that Wandell does have that upside, especially for fantasy, because we have yet to see Tony. Yeah, it was awesome. Week five against the Cowboys. Fantastic. hundred and whatever yards. Uh, then he got kicked out because he punched someone. And then by the next week, he was hurt. So, it, <laughs> you know, Darius Slayton can't catch a ball. And I don't even want to get started with Kenny Galladay. So I think that Wandell's in a really good spot to get a lot of opportunities over there. And I think you know, they were even putting him, they were lighting him up at running back too, which is very interesting mm-hmm. if they're going to use him to his fullest ability. So I think that Wondell is going to be a really big weapon. It's going to be interesting if they, if they keep Tony on the field and have Wondell, that would be awesome. I just, now I just, I'm like, I, I don't get excited anymore. Last year I'm done. Like I can't, I don't have a lot of optimism anymore. Yeah. Well now we, hopefully you got more offense coming to town with Brian Dabble. I did see that um, in Buffalo, Cole Beasley averaged 77 catches a year. So I definitely think, and he only got uh, 800 yards off of that. Couldn't even break 10, a little bit over 10 yards of reception. Uh, So I think Wondell Robinson, he's huge sleeper this year. He's going out wide receiver. um, The ADP is 200, 200 in redraft. Um, but okay. around him would be like KJ Osborne's a little bit higher. I'd take Wandell, like, yeah. uh, Joshua Palmer, Kenny Galladay, Devontae Parker, Romeo mm-hmm. Dubs. All those guys are going around him or higher. And I'd take him over all those guys. Yeah, for sure. I just saw him. I was just in a draft with uh, some people in the industry. And uh, one of the Sharps took him pretty early where he probably would have ended up going undrafted. So uh, I, I'm excited. I can't get too excited about the Giants. They find a way to lose and be horrific. Uh, but again, he's in a really nice spot too because this team is so injury prone and there's not a lot of depth over there. As much as the Giants look nice on paper, <laughs> go to the second string. Like, that's it. Like, yeah. all, all you see, it, like, what you see is what you get. Two injuries and they're so screwed. Yeah, let's <laughs> not talk about second string at running back because it's kind of scary over there. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. It's Wondell Robinson. <laughs> Speaking of Giants, I just have a quick Giants question for you. And this goes back to last year and fantasy help from Wes. He he was pretty high on Danny Dimes. I got a I got a question for you being a Giants fan. Is mm-hmm. am I delusional to think that uh Daniel Jones is a very poor man's Josh Allen? Like very very poor man. I mean, are they comparable at I all? I think so if you're like taking on paper, if you're writing down like their qualities on Pops. paper, yeah, for sure. Like if you want to have, if you want the generic like yeah, the you're right. Walmart version, like yeah, yeah there is, there, <laughs> but there's things to like about Dale Jones and I heard, I think it was Cowherd who said this, like he looks like a quarterback that came out of Duke. And I think that this is really a fair analysis of Daniel Jones. Like yeah. he, he was drafted a little bit too high. I think he has, he has everything. He's a really frustrating quarterback to have because you want to root for him. 
especially in fantasy. Like he's very mobile until he got hurt. He was like QB seven. I mean, like the yeah. guy runs for his life. Now he at least has an O-line to protect him. It's going to give him a little bit more time. Uh, I think that there's, you know, he throws one of the best deep balls actually in the league, but he's when he's on the field, you yep. got to keep him healthy. So I don't know that we've ever been able to fairly assess Daniel Jones. And I'm a little bit, I'm more pro Daniel Jones than anti Daniel Jones. But he, you know, this is my last year. I'm at my wit's end a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where do you where do you draft Saquon because you know him so well and he's you know one of your favorites? How high do you draft him in a regular 10 team PPR? Yeah, so I'm actually higher on him this year than I was last year. I also know I like to read the room when I'm drafting, and I know that everyone else is not as high as I am. So I will hold on him. I have not seen him yet. A lot of people have been saying that they are seeing him go in the first round. I have not yet experienced that. So I'm holding out on him for my second pick. Uh, I mean, in Dynasty, I might take the risk there, but it depends if I'm on the back end and if it's a 12-12 team. Okay, fair enough. Wes, you're up good, sir. All right. Uh, Steph, you and I are similar in a way uh, that we may be in on certain players a little earlier than maybe the rest of the industry. A good example of that uh, last year, you were pretty high on banging the Nico Collins drum Mm -hmm. and whether it was his situation or whatever, that kind of fell flat on its face. Uh, I was high on uh, Demetric Felton with Cleveland. He had an impressive, I think, week one or two. And they got him involved in the very next week in the game plan, but Baker missed a, a couple of of passes to him and that kind of killed it. They, they went away from him after that, but I, I think the opportunity was there. Um, it does look like Collins is ready to break out this year. Uh, who is somebody that you're high on heading into the season this year that maybe a lot of people are not? Yeah, I'm still high on Collins. Actually, I think that if they're still, you know, he's going as like wide receiver 77, which is ridiculous because at that part, like at that point, you're throwing darts regardless. Like he definitely had a very underwhelming rookie season for people that really like, you know, target and snap share. And I get that, but he also did command like a lot of end zone targets, a lot of high air yard throws. And the camp reports are pretty positive about him. I also like Davis Mills. Like if you want to throw darts and you want to take a late round stack, like Davis Mills and Nico Collins together is really interesting because people get really nervous to draft players from shitty teams. But the thing is those crappy teams still have to play every week. So there's going to be some form of production. Maybe it's not going to be as productive as a team like the Bengals, uh, like, you know, I don't know the Brown situations, but that's the next team that comes to mind. But I, I you know, Nico Collins is another one. I'm mean, who else? Uh, Daniel Bellinger is, I know I'm, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer here. I know, I know I'm going to do it though. Uh, because I've been, you know, I, I, I kind of cooled off on him, but I'm not totally cooled off. Daniel Bellinger is walking into maybe the best situation outside of Damian Pierce for any rookie in the entire league. I mean, there's literally not another tight end on this team. And I think that it's going to come down to a lot of checkdowns. He is getting really high praise. I think that Daniel Bellinger, you know, he's going undrafted, depending how deep of rounds, like looking at probably summer tight end, like past 30. He definitely is not going drafted. Uh, Daniel Bellinger could easily be a top 20 tight end, and it would not shock me because of how many targets he's probably going to get. 
We're dropping fourth round rookie tight ends on fantasy. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Wes, uh, uh, Wes, one that you had that you were a year early was uh, Michael Pittman. Yeah. Remember you banging the drum on him when you and I first met, and then you were just a little, like almost like a few weeks in football time too early. So Danny kudos Gray to you. Will, Danny Gray will probably be that for me this year. Oh, really? So now you guys are getting real intimate with the yeah. secrets. Usually yeah. Cody and Wes keep these secrets. <laughs> That's I feel like uh, fantasy Twitter is like now jumping on to like my bandwagons that I feel like I was beating the drum first. Like, like now they're, they're ruining Damian Pierce for me. Like they're ruining Sky Moore for me. These were all guys that I was really high on. Alec Pierce is another one. I think on the Colts that, you know, is showing out in camp is exactly what they need. And if Pittman were to go down, you know, we've seen Matt Ryan support some really alpha wide receivers and he could absolutely be that guy too. I think he could fill in that position without a problem. So Alec Pierce is another one of those rookies that I've definitely been targeting. Yeah, those three rookies, if you were to have a draft immediately after the NFL draft, you probably got great value on those. Oh, three. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> one uh, thing about Alec Pierce for anybody that cares a Viking fan is that he arrived to the Colts as a byproduct of the Packers and the Vikings trade. Mm. Put that in your pipes mm. and smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I when I tweet the spoils of a trade, I always have to put like, oh, and the Indianapolis received others because... Sometimes it makes one side look like complete gangbusters when in reality, some of the other parts. The yeah. Middle. Same with the Diggs trade. There was a little more fallout there than just Jefferson for Diggs. But anyhow. All right, Cody, you're up with your question. Number two for Stephanie. Sweet. Stephanie, I was curious about your favorite startup strategy. Uh, for example, mine is quarterback heavy. I like to go ahead and get my quarterbacks out of the way. So I'm not hunting in these rookie drafts for them or overpaying because I'm assuming super flex here. Uh, and then I also like to um, litter my roster with pass catching running backs late uh, ETN before he rose up this summer. And then guys like Chase Edmonds, Naeem Hines, Kenneth Gainwell, Rashad White. I mean, give me that pass catching floor and some stud wide receivers and quarterbacks. And that's usually how I keep my record from being upside down. Yeah, I so I am like the anti quarterback, which is like the most I'm one of the most psychotic people to draft with and probably give everyone so much anxiety. I wait as late as humanly possible to get a quarterback. Um, I like to get at least one quarterback that I know I feel very confident in. And then I will usually wait for that last one. And if I have to stream for a little bit, I stream for a little bit. These guys get hurt all the time and I have no problem picking up backups there. And if I have to do it every week, I do that. Uh, tight end situation is a little bit weird right now. I used to be someone that would like to get my tight end early. Now you have Kelsey and Kittle, who I am not as high, still very high on. I'm not saying I'm not high on them. I'm just not as high on them as I was, you know, last year. Uh, so I might go and try and get pits. And then after that, if you're not going to take a tight end, then you better freaking just wait, like commit to the cause and go at the end, take two guys that are towards the end of your draft, and then plan on having to maybe pick up a guy. I like to get my stud wide receivers. I like to feel very confident with them. So if I need to go quarterback, wide receiver, wide receiver, I will. It kind of depends who, what running back falls to me. Uh, I was just in a startup last weekend, and I took Najee at the 105, but that was because it was like a massive running back run that I wasn't expecting. I, I try to look around me read the room, uh, and then go from there. Yeah, I have such a hard time taking those running backs. If they're like 25 years or over. And I'm like, you're going to get hurt in my week four. (laughs) Time to take the receiver. Although you're over here, Daniel Bellinger, tight end one. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I I don't even know who I ended up in that draft with. Oh, Albert O and, uh, oh my gosh, 
one of the tight ends for the Patriots. Expect big things from him this year. <laughs> I, I do. I am. I'm very, I'm very high on my Irv Smith. I'm also high on the Vikings, so I, I don't know how much I count. <laughs> no, no, you can say that over and over if you want. Um, hey, when, when did you start playing fantasy? How long ago? Oh, my gosh. I... <laughs> It was either in eighth or ninth grade, but I was doing it like behind my parents' back when like yeah. chat boards and stuff. So, <laughs> like I should not have been on the internet doing what I was doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did want to. I did want to ask Wes, what is your favorite startup strategy? I know we got a startup coming at the end of the month, so I'm kind of curious. Um, my favorite is Hero Running Back. Um, I like to lock in that stud early and then uh filter in i i also tend to target quarterbacks later uh quarterbacks and uh tight ends depending on how the board falls i think there's a lot of potential hidden value out there and uh tight end cole Komet, um being one of them garrett everett could also be another as well yeah, and Kirk like Cousins, he got to be like a sneaky fantasy MVP. Oh, he's like he's the my Tony Romo of old. You could, <laughs> I could always get Tony Romo past the tenth round back in the day, yeah. and now it's like yeah. Kirk Cousins is always sitting there, and yeah. you know he's gonna ball out because him and the receiver have the he best combination. He finishes eleven every year, and everyone just ignores yeah. it. It's like the most. Like me, you know? He is the most disrespected fantasy quarterback ever. <laughs> well, it's because he, he he's notorious for turds. He'll go through. <laughs> two or three weeks seriously in the yeah. months of october and november you will be completely vindicated for having on your team and however uh in the start of december you'll have turds they're like you know they're, they're not sometimes they're not awful games they're just mm-hmm. you know, they're bad kirk and oh this yeah. is well documented you can check out my twitter feed uh but yeah but that's that's the inconsistency and it's plus just the reputation of like oh i gotta start kirk cousins and it's something yeah. about something about his name i think i was just about to say we need he needs a nickname like it's, yeah it, yeah it, I've always so thought of his like, name as like and, Trevor, Co- Trevor Cousins or something. People would love him, but it's mm-hmm. Kirk and Cousins, and it's something that rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. all, I, I've tried to wrap my head around why there's this venom toward him, but it, I, I can't figure it out. Well, it's that, it's that guaranteed contract, you know. Yeah. I mean, just well, ask half your, half your fan base. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steph, when you just described that uh, strategy, was that exclusive to startups, or is that kind of how you do all of your drafts? You know, the uh, heavy on wide receivers, wait till a quarterback. Yeah, or- it kind of, it's funny because I feel like every year it kind of changes. Whereas this year, I will admit, I have been taking running backs a little bit, like a little bit heavier than I normally do. I was tending to lean towards this like zero RB makes me too nervous now. I think last year just wasn't, didn't work out the way that I planned on it. So I do really like securing at least one of those stud running backs and I don't like going too many rounds later with that one. So uh like to have at least two by like the fifth round is nice. And then okay. from there, maybe wait on it and then wait till, I don't know, later on and stack a few in the middle that you could just change in or out. Sure. I started playing fantasy football in 2002 when Priest Holmes was running wild and Sean Alexander was right there. And um, I've talked about this on the show. It seems like we got to a point in the last five years where you can shed the philosophy of having too many good running backs. I have cousins, like actual cousins, not Kirk cousins. I have cousins that will that used to draft first four picks running backs, no matter what, automatic. And now they've started to deviate from that. Have you? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wes is like a brother here, so you know he's raised. 
But when did you notice the shift in, all right, I don't have to get running backs like a Bible each time. Have you noticed that in the, since 2017 or so, or cause it's died. That mentality for the most part seems like it's deceased. I think running backs are just, you know, getting hurt more than we saw them get hurt. And I think some of that is the way that these guys weight train and, uh, even when you do projections, you can basically project every running back to miss three games. Like that's a pretty fair analysis for the entire season. Like you better prepare to not have your guys for at least three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think part of that, and then we had this weird, like last year was like the plague of the running backs. The year before that, we, it was like the plague of the tight ends. Like every year there's something like where uh, it's a year where these guys are just constantly getting hurt. And I think people, you know, these running backs are not staying in the league as late as they used to. So people kind of stay away and they're like, oh, I'll just give myself a headache every week and stream them, which I don't know that I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's, you- it's kind of the death of the bell cow too. When, yeah, when exactly. we all started watching football, uh, mm-hmm. you know, every there was, you latched on to, okay, I've got so-and-so's running back. I'm set. But now you have to game plan. All right, well, he's going to get 55% of the carries. The other guy is going to mop up. In the whole line. And it didn't used to be that way. I swear to Christ. And mm-hmm. I think that's really affected the way that we do things. Yeah, used to, you'd have running, everybody talk about 30 is the age cliff for running backs. Mm-hmm. I was actually just playing uh, the new Madden. And I was looking at the free agents and you got 30 year old running backs like Devonta Freeman. And I'm over here like, man, that guy's <laughs> decrepit. And then I'm like, he's only, he's only been in the league for eight years. How crazy is that? And then I looked at a few other running backs and it's like, they've been in the league for six years or no, like Jordan Howard has been in the league for five years. And to me, that guy oh, is an old man. Wouldn't touch him in fantasy. <laughs> yeah. um, he's he's nothing left. And he's 20, he's like 26 years old. Used to be able to get a good decade out of him at least. And then yeah. you got AP over here on the free agent market at 37. That's, and you'll never see that again at running back. He's probably going to be the last one. Yeah. 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 The, in the, nice. so I played a lot of Madden when my 20s, uh, in particular, just franchise mode. And I'm totally with you. When you saw the age 30, really for any player, you were like, oof, duh. But now for running backs and shit, that's like, ooh, 27. Yuck. <laughs> Contracts. Yeah. No way. He's going to be done. <laughs> yeah. All right, Wes, what's, what's next for you, man? All right, we'll go with a, a curveball here. So, mm-hmm. Steph, you went to the University of Arizona. Uh, fight on, by the way. Got a Palomalo jersey back here behind <laughs> me. Um, which do you prefer, uh, margarita pitcher from Chewy's or uh, slushy from EG's? I think so. I looked up Chewy's. It's got to be where I definitely have a have had a bunch of like very blurry because <laughs> I recognize the front of it. I would probably go Chewy's. I think I had way too many slushies or Ouija's and now it's like I get, had too many of them that I'm going to go the margarita brew. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's honest. <laughs> we've all, we've been there. Believe me. Yeah. Not, not, not exactly there, but I actually did. Cause it was, on, it's on 22nd. Like I know where it is in my head, like I, but I, yeah. So. All right, Wes, you got to follow Excellent. up. You want to pass it to Cody? Uh, I'll pass it to Cody. All right. Sweet. Well, I was just uh, looking before I asked my next question. Kirk Cousins ADP right now is 20th quarterback behind guys like guys like Mac Jones, Tua, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr. And he, like Steph said, he finished 11 
both the past two years. I mean, it's a crime. And then gets, 18, 16, 13, 6. Like, he's, yeah. he's a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so my question for you is we kind of touched on average tight ends or waiting on a tight end. If you were to take your stab at, uh, let's say you missed the top set of tight ends and you're like in the 10th or 11th round and you want to go ahead and get your tight end, who are uh, one or maybe a few more guys that you're thinking could really blow up their ADP this year? Yeah, if I miss out on the top guys, one that, you know, I, people for some reason are just kind of looking over Dalton Schultz. And I know that that's not as late as you're saying, because he's going much earlier than that. But it's probably important to put emphasis on the fact that the Cowboys offense is like, really, like, there is nothing really going on there now. Uh, there is CD and Dalton Schultz that are going to end up splitting targets there. Dalton Schultz finishes tight end three. He's going as tight end seven right now, maybe a little bit earlier. Now I'm sure ADP has switched since the last time I looked at it. But I mean, last year he's averaging 12 points per game. Outside of that kind of zone, once you skip over those guys, you're basically getting eight to, you know, seven, nine points if you're lucky out of those mid-tier guys. Irv Smith is the next one. Uh, Honestly, I, you know, last time I looked was going, I think I've seen him go as, highest hit in 15, somewhere between 17 and 21 when I was still drafting. Torres meniscus preseason, while everyone is so excited, he's going to have this breakout season, uh, all the reasons to believe that he would. He is very athletic, high draft capital, everything you would imagine. And I think he's a really nice red zone target for the Vikings. He just gives Kirk another option there. And I think that Irv just we can eliminate that year and go back to when we thought he could be that breakout candidate. Will he, is he going to finish his top 10? I don't know, but I think he could easily blow that ADP out of the water and creep on, you know, 12, somewhere around there. Man, I have so many herb shares. That would be awesome. Mine personally would be uh, Noah Fant. I think Noah Fant is going to put it together in Seattle. Uh, He is going criminally late. Uh, And then one last one, uh, David and Joku. I've always thought that guy had all the talent in the world. I don't know why they signed Austin Hooper to go play ahead of this guy just to cut him two years later and then sign uh, Njoku to a massive contract. Yeah. Nuts. Off to you, Wes. Stefan, this show we have uh, Wes. Oh, so uh, Jason here is is a Broncos guy and the other three of us are Vikings fans. And we, we have talked on the show about how we obviously cannot stand the Packers foremost and secondarily the Bears. <laughs> but with the Lions, they're just kind of like our little brother. We don't really care about them. And then when they're playing another team, we're like, oh, yeah, let's cheer for the Lions. Do you equally hate all of the NFC East teams aside from New York, of course? It's not it's not created. equal. No. Uh, <laughs> I really just Dallas. I their fans are so obnoxious. And I feel like it's been a great, like since I was born, since I've been a Giants fan, it's like, oh, this year is our year. No, it's not. You've been saying that <laughs> 95, 96, whatever it was when you won. They're just, they're just delusional, uh, ready to fight over anything. Eagles are pretty close. Washington, fine. Eagles, okay. I'm a little partial too, because I went to college with Nick Foles. So, but when we play, that's it. Uh, NFC East is brutal. I mean, the fan bases are awful. And all of us, and Giants included. It is a, it's a horrible horrible fan base like the division all of those fan bases are horrible um just absolutely so competitive it's hilarious for a division and part of it comes from you know no one's repeated since 2003 2004 it's always it's always could be anyone's game so uh but yeah 
it's Cowboys. They just can't. Yeah. yeah can't. Cowboys will go two and 14 and tell you they're winning the Super Bowl next yeah. year. Oh yeah. <laughs> <Nuts>. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Keep overpaying your players. Yep. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because it can eat all day, but veggie, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, staying on the NFC East, uh, next week we're going to be doing our predictions episode. Um, who do you have taking the NFC East, and how do you think your Giants will fare? So, like I said, no one's repeated. So it's interesting because this is going to be another one of those years where I think it's probably going to come out of nowhere. If you had to ask me today, I'd say the Eagles. I think they had the most impressive offseason. I think they're building a really nice roster. They brought over AJ Brown on top of all the additions they made outside of just that. Eagles are in a good spot. It's going to come down to Jalen Hurts. It's going to come down to this team, you know, tying it all together. Sometimes we don't see that happen. So, you know, the Eagles could eagle and it only takes one injury for a team to go sour. But I, I think that for a reason, they should be the favorites. I don't know if those odds have changed. The Cowboys were, were still the favorites the last time I looked. I stay away from it because it's so tempting to bet my own team. Washington, I'm not as I, I don't I don't get the Washington hype. I, I don't say this on Twitter because again, like avoid, I avoid the NFC fan bases at all costs, not interested. Don't want to fight with you. We're all pretty shitty. Like I don't, I don't want to do the argument, uh, but Washington, like, I don't know what they did that everyone is so excited like for, I don't know if it's Wentz and if that's what you're excited about. I genuinely do not know why I, so <laughs> I think that, you know, I think that the giants, if they can pull together and have a nice run there in October, we all have a pretty good schedule. If we could finish in third, awesome. But we know Dallas, they're going to finish in probably second if the Eagles get first, and then it'll be Washington Giants figuring it out. But I don't, I don't get the Washington hype. I'm excited for everyone, but that's not where I'm putting my money, that's for sure. The Eagles, the Eagles have a crazy defensive line. I don't know if y'all have seen yeah, it lately. It's, it's crazy. But you got Brandon Graham at second string. You got uh, Josh Sweat starting at Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Javon Hargrave, Hassan Reddick. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are going to get after it in that division. So this Washington steam must be generated from like their fans because I don't really know a lot about it. It must be sure. some, like just the... Because I thought people in the industry too. I it's really? so weird, okay. and I just keep my mouth shut because I don't like. I just don't. I don't. I genuinely don't understand. Like maybe there's something I'm missing, but I don't even know on paper that there's anything about that team that's like, oh yeah, they're yeah. definitely winning that. No, and, and also you have Carson Wentz. You're now telling me that you're making your RB one the water boy for a third round <laughs> running back and. You know, Carson's going to try to rely on the running back. So I don't know. They better figure that out real quick because I think that's like they're going to need them. So I I don't know what's going on over there. Excited for everyone that's happy for them. But Antonio Gibson is in a free fall right now after that fumble. Uh, Like you said, doing special teams work. What are they doing over there? Steph, who is your 2022 NFL MVP prediction? I'm not telling you who I bet on, but. Or <laughs> oh, do you want to give me torn. two or three? I actually like, can I throw a question out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> can I ask yeah, you guys? Oh, you're on. I want to know, like, like I, 
Um, I want to know who you guys think are like is going to go to the Super Bowl. Like who who are your top? Not your crazy predictions. Like not like oh this team can make a run. Like where where are you guys feeling with like the Bills, for example? Who I think maybe are going we're going to see them struggle a little bit more just because their schedule mm-hmm. is not a cakewalk and they don't fare well against more like harder teams. So, yeah, I agree on the Bills. Uh, it's going to be yeah. All right. Well, you've turned the tables on the deposition, so we will we will. I'm apply. in charge. This is my show now. Yeah, this is, <laughs> yep, this is the Captain Phillips version of Steph Smalls. Uh, Jason, why don't you give us your Super Bowl prediction? I'm sure you've revised it since the last time you winged it. Well, I, I I'd rather not go first, but that's fine. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the uh, with the. Uh, I, I I like the Bills in the Super Bowl this year, so that and, and I know that they. They do have a brutal schedule. I, for one, as a Broncos fan, am actually really glad that we are not playing that team. And, um, but I, I think I'm going to go with the, with the Buccaneers again. Okay. I uh, last year I went at this time, and these guys can vouch. I went Chiefs over Rams. I was, I felt damn close, uh, especially when the Chiefs got their shit together in November. Uh, however, this year uh, I'm going a little weird. I'm going Chiefs over Cardinals. I, I, I've seen Cardinals? the light. Yeah. I, I, I think that although their, their cornerbacks are a little shaky. Um, I, I just, I don't, I think, yeah, I think the bucks <laughs> that's a little played out the Rams. Nobody ever repeats anymore. Uh, and I'm just looking for that team. And it won't be the Packers because they're guaranteed to lose the 49ers in the playoffs. And it, I, I am not a lucky enough man for it to be the Vikings. And that kind of just leaves me <laughs> hanging out with uh, the Cardinals because I do believe, I do believe with Murray that uh, there's a quarterback in there that reminds me so much of Russell Wilson. And I think they have enough talent, especially at linebacker. And when they get Hopkins back. So that is my, and I usually don't get goofy with Super Bowl predictions, but I'm going to go Chiefs over Cardinals because I love the idea that somebody there finally realized that they need a consistently good defense to contend for Super Bowls. It seems like the world just doesn't get that. We're so obsessed with offense, fantasy football, but hey, defense matters. Wes, who you got? Uh, a few shows ago, I had um, Miami usurping Buffalo in the East, Yep. Um, but with Buffalo Going making the playoffs, playoffs and and making that run, finally getting over uh, the Chiefs um, hump. So I, I have the Bills in the Super Bowl, and I have them taking out the 49ers. I like the 49ers call too. Oh, if you like the 49ers, wait till Cody speaks. Oh, wait till you hear my take. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. All right. Uh, first, I got to say that I I would be willing to go opposite of that of Dustin's bet and say the Cardinals are going to be hiring a new general manager and head coach next year. Uh, I think my favorite, one of my favorite bets is Cliff King's very first coach fired. So yeah. And, 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 but I mean, their general manager too is just burning these first round picks on linebackers Mm -hmm. and Dustin's talking about how you need defense and they can't even get the defense that they need Mm -hmm. because they can't even pick the right players. I mean, what Isaiah Simmons is literally getting Hassan Reddick. And they just, they're the ones that invented it on Reddick. The first four years of his career, he didn't do anything until the last year and left. Isaiah Simmons is about to do the same thing. But for my prediction, let's go with Chargers and 49ers. Uh, I think that would be a pretty awesome Super Bowl. Um, as these guys know, I'm predicting Trey Lance 
to be um, by all means a top five points per game quarterback in fantasy football this next year. I think he's going to explode onto the scene like Pat Mahomes did. And um, they're going to ride on the back of not Debo Samuel, but it will be Brandon Ayuk and a <laughs> ferocious defense. Brandon Ayuk, I've been calling it for months. I love Ayuk. Wide receiver one. And now I know these guys are seeing all the reports starting to trickle out. Oh, he may lead the team in catches and yards. And Brandon Ayuk is my guy. I'm going to get a jersey. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan's going to get that monkey off his back. But if it's not them, obviously a Broncos Vikings Super Bowl would be cool too. Yeah, I got news for you with all this Niners steam. You can cheer for your Niners over these Vikings this weekend, Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I always have a crush on a random team every year. Last year yeah. was the Panthers, That's sadly. Fair. But uh, yeah. yes, Broncos Vikings would be absolutely marvelous. <laughs> yeah, this would be a fun show for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, Steph, what else you got for us? We got about probably eight min- eight more minutes or so. What else do I have for you guys? Yeah, do you, uh, the deposition. The tables have turned. Okay. What else you got? Cool. I can come up with another question for you guys. What do you guys think about the Bengals? I think the Bengals could actually run it back. I think they could be one of those teams that ends up running it back. I agree. Uh, yeah, based on no. the division, for sure. I think uh, their only real threat this year is going to be the Ravens. Um, if they can stay healthy, the Bengals did have a very solid offseason, adding at places like, you know, um, the trenches on both sides of the ball and their defensive backfield, which kind of burned them in the Super Bowl. So yeah. if they addressed both, uh, you know, pressure on Joe Burrow. And that backfield that kind of let him down. I don't see why not. That Joe Burrow, I mean, he's the quarterback everybody wants to be QB1 on their team right now, for it's sure. Ridiculous. Their roster is yeah. ridiculous, actually. It's crazy because yeah. yeah. an up and coming, like you can call them an up and coming team, and they just <laughs> went to the Super Bowl, which yeah. is absurd. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited about, you know, I know Chase, but I, I, I'm excited about Higgins, too. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. good. I think this is going to be a big year for him. What about the Broncos? Broncos fans? Because I don't know if I'm um, sold yet. So I'm I'm only on the Broncos. Well, I'll explain you a little (laughs) something about my fandom. Uh, So I've had hope for the last six years, dashed hope. Oh, Um, I had that too until last year. Yeah, man. It comes crashing down. It does. It does. Every every year I I tell myself it's going to be good, and, and then I find out that it isn't. And, and uh, so I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic, but this year I actually have expectations instead of just hope. So I think it's going to be good. I, I was fortunate enough to watch their training camp and, and you know, it's, it's, I, it can't be said enough how much work Russ puts in. And it's just something that we haven't had in, in half a decade plus. And, you know, it's, it's, it should be fun. It's, it's a bummer what happened with Tim Patrick, but you know, I think it's more of a bummer for Tim than it is for the Broncos because we are stacked at the wide receiver position and it's unfortunate he can't be a part of it, but I think it's going to be a good year. 12 and 12 and six or 12 and five. I wish we had a montage of Jason over like before they fired their coach. And then as they're interviewing coaches and then when they hired him, and then when they traded for Russell Wilson, you see, he's all smiles right now. I tell you what, it's been a, it's been a great time. It's it's been that honeymoon period that you, that you allude to Dustin. I have not came off of that yet. It would take a losing streak for you to get off of it. It's it's, it's an overwhelming (laughs) sense of, of comfort. comfort. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. I mm-hmm. got my Bronco flag hanging up outside. Probably <laughs> I might say what you also didn't tell Steph conveniently is <clears throat> during that 
uh, cycle of insanity where you convince yourself it's going to be different. You usually threaten to stop, stop or stop watching games. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, he's, like he'll message me and say, I'm done. I'm not watching anything more. And then I'm like, okay. And then he's watching it again, but he's still pissed, <laughs> but it's usually the cutoff. You know, it's usually about the same time each year when it comes crashing down that he's like, I'm not even watching these guys. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. The last six years during football season was very, very, very bad for my spiritual condition. It was not good. It, it was it was rough. It was dark. I found myself in a dark place, Wes. You know, God, why dark. won't you answer me? <laughs> yeah, dark and ugly. I actually shut games off, like, and I've never gotten there, like. So you don't like wait till you get to that darkness, because oh man, I, I don't know dark. if I really, every time I, I shut was, games off and I was like, I'm done with this team. I'm not watching this. This isn't football. I don't know what this is. I've like, done that. I've done that. But then bad. I turn it back on and. No. <laughs> It's like me ruining Christmas for everyone when Alvin Kamara scored five touchdowns against us. Oh yeah! <laughs> like nobody's yeah. watching TV. We're gonna sit here in silence on Christmas night. Oh, I, I spent that evening. <clears throat> oh, the, the better part of that is I spent that evening arguing with Vikings Twitter because there were prominent voices that were saying we just needed more offense in that game. Kirk, like you know, we're paying Kirk this Kirk's money. Fault. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> always Kirk Spark. Yeah, no, they fart. said that fart. it was f- fifty-two to thirty-three, and we spent time skewering the offense not scoring enough points and i was like the defense surrendered 52 points <laughs> don't argue with people like that dustin oh man it, i got i got uh dms in my i like oh, i am man. like the kirk defender now <laughs> i i cannot take it once you've seen bad quarterback yeah. play on your team for you to have the audacity to complain that Kirk Cousins gives you good football every weekend. Oh, like, I know get it. out of my face. Like, I actually do not want to hear that. How? Let's trade then. Do you think yeah, that? Yeah. I bet Seattle would love Kirk Cousins right now. 100%. 100%. And I can't get over Shut how up. much of the fan base attacks you on Twitter, Dustin. Just, oh, just yeah. parades you because you're a Kirk all- Cousins all I ever sought to do was dispel the myths, the check down quarterback, the garbage time stat padding. Mm-hmm. And, and then I get, I just get lassoed into this. Like he's That's my okay. favorite play, like my favorite God. player or something. I don't know why they hate him so much. I don't get it. Oh no. It's just that, that overall aura of mediocrity that they're convinced he inspires. And in, in the defense of them, it's got to change this year because I don't think yeah. that, I don't think that he can go through another eight and nine <laughs> ordeal. Oh, if you, if you were to know that, they got to do something because yeah. yeah, then they're have to shop him with a no trade clause, which will get. Dicey. I have to delete my Twitter. They've <laughs> got to figure it out. Like that's where we're going to be at. The Vikings do not win at least like at least 10. Give me, yeah. give me nine, give me 10. Like if they, yikes. Yeah. Uh, if you were to swap Derek Carr's and Kirk Cousins stat lines over the, over their career, Derek Carr would be seen as a top five quarterback, like Drew Brees type of mm-hmm. elite status, his whole career to this point. Yeah, just yeah. because for whatever reason, they're just infatuated. You look at Derek Carr, like last year, I think he went, he had like 24 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. That might literally be Kirk Cousins' worst year as a starter yeah. ever. And well, I got to tell you too, uh, Steph, I have to agree with you. I think Zimmer was what, what was holding him back. It's going to be interesting to yeah. see what how the relationship is with the new young offensive coordinator or the offensive coach oh, yeah. and Kirk. I think that's going to be that's, I think that's going to be great. I mean, JJ said, like, he's right. He's never played with an offensive-minded coach. Can you imagine that, what we've seen out of Justin Jefferson? And he has yet – we haven't even seen him unleash yet. That's yeah. actually terrifying. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I don't even know how that's possible. This 
you know, Vegas set a lot of these lines at like ridiculous numbers for both of their stats. I mean, it's honestly the, the disrespect and expectation that Kirk is suddenly going to, you know, I think his touchdowns are at 30 and a half. Mm-hmm. He threw 33 and 35 the past two years. His, like his yards are, I mean, it, they're ridiculous what mm-hmm. it is. I tweeted about it a couple of weeks ago. Like the craziest, I don't think I've seen like two players get disrespected by Vegas the way that JJ and Kirk did. Yeah. And not only does, did, does he put up those constant numbers, but he, one could say he does that in spite of coaching efforts to prevent yeah. him from doing that. And yeah, well, in yeah. seven seasons, he's only missed two games. Yeah. Reliable. <laughs> Well, and one of them, one of them was for playoff rest <laughs> and then the other one was COVID. So yeah, yeah. Right. he's durable as hell. And yeah, Jefferson has done all of his carnage within a run first offense. It was like advertised on the building that it's a run first offense. Yep. So mm-hmm. he certainly wasn't deprived of targets. We're not saying that, but he yeah. has never been the, you know, the pronounced focal point, which which should change this year. Well, listen, Steph, awesome. did you have a good time with us? Will you come back? I had a blast. I'd love to come back. Maybe we'll do a crossover. You guys come on my show. I come back on your show. We'll Wonderful. see how our Super Bowl takes come out. <laughs> there yeah. We go. I'm getting risky <laughs> with this Cardinals bullshit. So, <laughs> all right, Steph, we appreciate you coming by. Let us know and we can stop by there. Um, other than that, that's all we got this week. All right. Yeah, see you guys. Later. Right, thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.